Hey everybody, welcome to the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing today? Doing pretty well. Excited to talk some more, uh, some more baseball, some more Mariner baseball. So, uh, yeah, let's get it going. Yeah, that's right. A week closer than we were last week, so uh, yep. it, it'll be here very soon. Um, yep. What may not be here very soon, if you excuse the obvious segue there, um, <laughs> a decision from Manny Machado. Uh, and normally we wouldn't talk about Machado. He's not a Mariner. Um, and we really do try to keep this thing Seattle sports heavy because we do talk a little bit about the Seahawks and uh, other stuff too, but uh Anyways, uh, reports today from Buster only. I believe he was the first one to uh, to put this out there. Machado's current high bid is a seven-year, $175 million contract uh, from the Chicago White Sox. Um, that's $25 million a year, uh, but the seven-year, that's, that's really ridiculously low when you consider what guys like Albert Pujols and Robinson Cano got who were in their – early thirties. Um, so I guess my question is, uh, what gives with the Manny Machado market? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really hard to, uh, to figure out what's been going on, you know, with, um, with the free agent market as a whole, uh, over the last couple of years, you know, teams just at this point, they're, they're not willing to, to give into these, uh, into some of these demands. Now they're, um, you know, they, you know, they've learned from some of the past mistakes that other teams have made since, you know, as, as the angels have made and even, you know, as the Mariners have made, you know, uh, and, you know, you, you see what the Mariners have had to do to, you know, escape out from under their, you know, some of their bigger contracts and teams don't want to give these large commitments. They don't want to give a 13 year contract. They don't want to give a 10 year contract anymore. Um, you know, and, and the, and the dollar amount, you know, it's that, you know, even when saying that that's still lowballing Manny Machado. Um, that's, I mean, Manny Machado is one of the premier, uh, players in, in baseball. Um, he's how old now? 26, I believe. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the age that most players finally make it to the big league. And he's already an established, established, uh, perennial all-star, you know, third baseman, shortstop, wherever you want him to play. That's, uh, he's worth, you know, way more than, than what the White Sox are offering, you know, just judging from past contracts and everything. But, you know, I think, I think the John Carlos Stanton uh, contract kind of changed things for teams. You know, they right. saw, they saw this, you know, huge, massive guarantee. Um, and they just, you know, that's scary to teams because when you're investing that much into one player, eventually that's going to come back to bite you. You know, you look at the Felix Hernandez contract right now, how that's biting the Mariners, you know, that, you know, teams just don't want to be in that situation anymore. They want to get you for your prime years and they want to get out when they can. And, um, yeah, but you know, for, for Machado, 
if I'm another team, you know, that, that didn't think that, uh, you know, initially didn't think that they had a chance to get him, it might be time to, to, you know, pivot and maybe put an offer in because if, if that's the kind of offers that are on the table for, for Matata right now, then, uh, you know, he, he can be had. And I, and, and I know I'm going to sound like a complete, like, uh, you know, Homer and like some person that's probably, you know, replying to a Ryan Divish tweet right now. But, uh, what if the Mariners get him? You know, he's 26. If they can get him for seven years, 200 million, I'm down for that. I don't know if you are, but I think that, I mean, if you have all this money now, there's there's an opportunity. Right. Um, I think, I so first of all, I mean, first and foremost, the question that has to be answered is, uh, does Manny Machado even want to come to Seattle? Yeah. Um, and I think the second question is, is, is Manny Machado willing to play third base? Um, not that JP Crawford should stop anybody from getting a, a shot at shortstop. Um, uh, but you are still a rebuilding team and you did give up, you know, your current shortstop for jeans, uh, for, uh, Crawford. So, um, you know, it seems like Machado moving to third base would make him a much better fit in Seattle. Um, but there have been reports that he wants to be a shortstop. So um, I don't know how you work that out. I th- I think ultimately money will talk. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have the highest bid and it's under the stipulation that you have to play third base, is Machado going to walk away from that? I, I don't think so. I, like, I don't know Machado like at all. Um, I know he has a reputation of being a uh, – oh, what's the nice word for – uh anyways you get you, you get the idea he, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's he's not the most pleasant person to be around um mm-hmm. at least that's the reputation and certainly when you look at you know him chucking his bat at who was it donaldson a few years ago or whatever yeah. Yeah. and you look at him spiking guys and, and it's just like dude and I, I don't know if you want to inject your clubhouse with that kind of leadership um especially especially after you just dealt away gene segura you know yeah you know there was some kind of so maybe that way there's a little bit of hesitation um but i i think like if 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 you're the mariners and you go to machado and you say hey how about five years at 150 um Mm. which would let him hit free agency at age 30 again where he'd get one more shot at it um, I think that could work for the Mariners in terms of just like their timeline and not bogging down because basically Machado's contract would essentially just replace Felix Hernandez. I mean, right. Very similar. Uh, Felix is making 28 million this year. Machado probably looking for about 30. So, um, they can, they can afford it. Uh, they certainly can, whether or not it's smart for them to do it. When you consider the type of, uh, leader that Machado, I, Machado probably has to fill a leadership role if he's going to sign for that much money. Um, And I don't know if he's well suited for that, but on the field, I mean, there's no question this guy is, you know, an incredible player. And uh, yeah, you know, the market for him right now is just, it's, he said teams are really obsessed. Teams want to win. They still want to win, but they want to do it with spending the least amount of money possible. Um, 
and you know it, it sucks for Machado because he's certainly worth more than his current uh, offer, but uh, that's what the market is. So um, it's interesting. So I gotta ask you this, mm-hmm. and I know this is another kind of like Ryan Dippish comment, <laughs> but uh, I have to, like I've been thinking about it, and mm-hmm. Trout. Trout is a free agent by the time that the Mariners intend on competing. And Jerry is very, very familiar with Trout. And there's, you know, there's there's these talks about an extension is probably not going to happen for Trout and the Angels now. You know, they're not really doing a lot to keep him there and keep him happy. It seems like he will hit the market. Is this... Is this a part of DePoto's plan? I'm not saying that they can actually realistically get Trout, but is this perhaps a part of DePoto's plan? You know, maybe it's plan B, C, D, E, whatever. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I can't, maybe. I I don't know, man. To me, I just... does Mike Again, does Mike Trout want to come to Seattle? Or does mm-hmm. he want to go back east? He's from New Jersey. He doesn't want to go play for the Yankees or the Mets or... You know the Phillies or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Does he want to come play for Seattle? I know, he, like he owns what is now T-Mobile Field, so uh, there's no like fear that he can't hit in Seattle or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if he's if he's even open to it, like at all, I think you have to put in a a a pitch at least. You know, try to get him to <clears throat> try to get him interested in you. Um, mm-hmm. As for whether or not it's like a a master plan from Depoto. I don't think so. I think it's one of those things um, where he's clearing money to sign free agents. Um, maybe next off season, probably the off season after that though. I don't know if necessarily he's going to put his whole egg in one basket um, and signing Machado would certainly qualify as, or uh, sorry, signing Trout would certainly qualify as, you know, I'm going to spend everything I got on this one player and he's going to be the guy to put us over the top. Um <clears throat> If, you know, after he's a free agent after the 2020 season, um, if in 2020, you know, things are going great and you're like an 86, 87 win team and the minor league pieces are producing like you think they are. And all of a sudden you have a really nice farm system and you think Trout's going to put you over the top, then yeah, fine. But if you're still in this kind of, you know, hey, we're probably a year away from really competing. 2021 is probably going to be the off season. Um I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it depends, but I mean, look, I'm never going to be opposed to the Mariners getting good players, um, but I, I do think it's a lot more, uh, I don't know, a lot more uh, complicated than just saying, oh, they can afford it. Just go do it. It, it just it doesn't work like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, they pro- they yeah. can't afford him if they want to, but it's not, you know, it's not just a simple equation yeah. like a lot of people want to make it. So. Yeah. And that's and that's why I worded it in the sense that is this more just what Jerry is hopeful for, you know. Um but the problem with that is, you know, by the time that Trot reaches free agency, he'll be twenty nine. Yeah. There's probably going to be offers of seven plus years involved. Unless, you know, the, the free agency market keeps on trending the way that it's been the last couple years in which Maybe the highest amount of years Trout is offered is four, maybe five. You know, because you look at this and 
you know, at 29, if a team gives him a 10-year deal, that's basically the Robinson Cano contract. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure if another if if any teams are interested in doing that anymore. And it's it's you know, it's unfortunate because a lot of these players are well worth that. And yeah. you know, a player like Mike Trout probably will still be really good late into his 30s. Um but it's just, you know, that's that's how it's going right now and it's and it's hard to to see especially you know Jerry Depoto given his comments as of late about um you know hoping that you know the Kyle Lewis's and the Jerry Kelnicks of, of of the world you know are the focal point of you know whenever they the the Mariners plan on contending and using free agent free agency to just build around them not contend through free agency you know, buy a, a championship. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to build a team from within. And so, you know, and that, and that's kind of how most teams are wanting to do it now. You know, they look at the Cubs and they look at the Astros and that's kind of the model. You know, every every league is a copycat league. You know, we usually use that term with the NFL, but it's uh, applicable to every every sport. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like that could be an idea that, that, uh, that the organization has, I just, you know, as you said, not very, I'm not certain that Trout would want to come to Seattle. And I also just don't think that even though Mike Trout is an, is a one of a kind, you know, once in a generation baseball player. I don't know if giving him at 29 years old, seven years, 10 years, whatever, is really a smart idea, especially for how the Mariners have been trying to kind of get out of that as of late. I think it's just counterproductive. Right. right. I, I think part of it, too, is, is that DePoto has already been in a situation where he was forced to try and uh, make it work, so to speak. Um to, you know, really buy a championship team. You look at what Artie Moreno, you know, pushed him to sign Albert Pujols and C.J. Wilson and Josh Hamilton, and that produced zero significant. Uh, I don't think they won a playoff series. I think they made the playoffs twice. Um, you know, and I just – I don't know if he wants to do that again. Um, and I think I think – if this rebuild that they're going through right now has proven anything, it's that ownership is going to let Jerry do his job. Um, and if he doesn't want to, you know, put all of his eggs in one basket and build a team through free agency, I don't think they're going to force him. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. And I think, uh, I, th- I think it's one worth asking. I think when you start talking about guys like Machado and Harper, I don't have a problem with people saying, well, why wouldn't you sign that player? Um, I think, I think it's just a little ridiculous for them to say they need to sign him or else like, you know, or else what, like there's, there's a very real Bryce Harper probably doesn't make sense for you this year. Um, you know, if, if the Mariners were still going for it and Machado's market was this low, I would say Mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, but then again, you know, it just, you're right back where you started uh, Machado's a good player, but overall, I just don't think 
it's it's not a bad idea because it's never a bad idea to add talent, especially talent in its prime. So the Mariners want to bring in more good players, then I'm all for that. But it doesn't mean that Manny Machado or Bryce Harper are the magic ticket that uh, turns things around any faster. So I, I guess we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, and, you know, I was talking about um, the, you know, how how Jerry wants to build this team from within. And, and a lot of that is, you know, has to do with, the farm system and that's something that he's really focused on on working on this year uh, or this offseason you know you got Jared Kelnick you got uh, Justin Dunn um, Justice Sheffield Eric Swanson Dom Thompson Williams etc and uh, also has some really nice uh, young MLB ready talent as well that he's added with Malik Smith Domingo Santana etc and with this rebuild being, you know, expected to only last a year, two years, three years at the latest, that that makes me wonder about um, their strategy for uh, the upcoming draft in June. You know, are they into? Are they going to focus on getting players that fit their top? Excuse me, fit their timeline. And are able to reach the MLB by 2021-2022. You know, so college bats, college arms, you know, guys that, you know, will ascend quickly. Um, Or will they look for best player available or to fill in, you know, the next line of prospects, the guys that come after Jared Kelnick? And uh, and Noel V. Marte and Julio Rodriguez, are they looking for those guys? Or, you know, or is it more, you know, more insurance for for uh, the next couple of years? Yeah, uh, for me, the draft is really all about get the best player you can. Don't worry about position. Don't worry about ETA. Just accumulate as much talent as you can and roll with it, um, you know. Uh, but I will say that it appears to be Depoto's mo uh, to target uh, probability uh, a little bit more than upside in round one, and then kind of go and swing for the fences in round two. Um, you look at his, you look at his draft history. Um, his first draft, he took Kyle Lewis who was pretty much a consensus top five pick. He fell to number 11, um, but he was seen as a guy who was going to be a big leaguer. There's, I mean, there's no such thing as a can't miss, but he was pretty close. So that's how he was viewed, um, and DePoto took him. And then with the second pick that year, he took um, he took Joe Rizzo, who's a high school hitter. Um, not a lot of probability there, but a lot of upside. Uh, and then he followed it up the next year by taking... Evan White, uh, a high floor, you know, probable big leaguer from college. And in the second round, he took Sam Carlson, who is a high school pitcher. Um, Mm -hmm. This last year, he took Logan Gilbert, who, you know, probably cracks the rotation by 2020, um, even though he hasn't thrown a pitch in professional baseball yet. Uh, And then he followed it up by taking uh, Josh Stowers, who, while a college bat, 
is definitely more of an upside play than a surefire major leaguer. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of been his MO to go, uh, you know, go probability first and then upside second, uh, at least in Seattle. Uh, but things kind of change this year because the Mariners have that extra pick. They have, I think it's pick 70. It's 77 right now. 77 right now. Yeah. And as, and, and uh, they have a total of four pick on the top 100. Right. So things change a little bit, um, mainly because they've added money to their draft pool. And I'm going to get super technical here for a second. Um, but it is worth noting. Uh, every major league baseball team has a draft bonus pool, um, where essentially major league baseball adds, takes the, uh, it's called slot value. So they take the, uh, they take your pick, assign a value to it. And then they do that for the first 10 rounds of the draft. Right. And whatever the total money is, uh, attributed to all your picks, that's your draft bonus pool that you have to spend in the first 10 rounds. Um, you can go over, uh, but after 5%, I believe there starts to become penalties like loss of draft picks and things like that. Uh, but that's what draft bonus pool is. So the reason adding pick 77 is important. Is it 77, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the reason it's important is because obviously you get another top 100 player, but in addition to that, you also get an additional, I think it's about seven hundred fifty, eight hundred thousand dollars added to your draft bonus pool. The reason that's important is that now the Mariners can, even though they pick at twenty, it's still entirely possible that the Mariners can get top five, top ten talent by paying over slot uh, the twentieth pick to get players to sign. Usually, high school guys who are thinking about college, um, so the Mariners can then say, "Hey, you know what? We know our slot value is." Two million or whatever, mm-hmm. we'll give you three point five, which is a top. I think I don't know, like the tenth slot value. So you'll get paid like a top ten pick if you come here at twenty, right? And they agree. And then with one of those later picks, you take a player who doesn't have leverage, like a uh, college senior, and you say, "Hey, we're going to offer you, you know, one hundred thousand dollars, which is seven hundred thousand dollars below slot." But you'll be a second-round pick, which gives you a legit shot at making the big leagues. And also, $100,000 is a lot more than you would get if you say no, because then you'll be drafted in the you know, 11th round, and you'll make $10,000, right? Mm. So I, I think this draft is a little bit different than other ones just because of the extra pick that Depoto has. Uh, but for me personally, I am a get-the-best-talent-available-to-you, get them in mm. your system, and then see what works. Because you got to remember is that the players drafted can help you without ever putting on your uniform. They can be traded uh, for major league players down the line. So for me, it just gives as much talent as you can. Uh, But I do think there's an opportunity for them to get a little creative uh, with their draft this year. So, Okay. And, you know, the the draft is still, you know, six months away. Um, But are there names that you have looked at that, that, uh, you know, at 20, that could be realistic, especially, you know, a prep player that, um, you know, they could uh, convince to uh, to skip uh, college for. Yeah. Um, actually, the, the big name that jumps out to me, uh, his name is Jack Leiter Jr. Um, 
you may be familiar with that last name. Uh, his dad and his uh, uncle both pitched in the big leagues, Mark and Al Leiter. Um, and he's, he's committed to Vanderbilt. That's a very good school. Uh, usually they're one of the tougher schools to uh, pry the young prospects away from. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a right-handed pitcher, you know, already a plus fastball. He's got above average curveball and slider, a changeup that's not that far behind the other two off-speed pitches, and above average command. Um, you know, he's all, he's on the shorter side, uh, which we talked about last week. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, he he's a guy that I really like. There's a lot of upside there. Um, high school guy that they can get. Um, Another guy like Daniel Espino. I, I watched him in the uh, perfect game, All-American game uh, in San Diego last year. Uh, the guy was like 98 miles an hour with movement on his fastball. Uh, so that's, I mean, you, you just have to you know, pause at that thought. So, uh, yeah, th- there are a few guys here who make sense who could be around at 20 because of their commitment uh, to their colleges. Um, and, yeah, like you said, we're – five, six months away from the draft. Uh, names will get added to the board. Names will move down the board. There will be injuries. There'll be, you know, fast risers and things like that. But yeah, there are absolutely opportunities for them to, uh, to use that extra bonus pool money to get a player who ordinarily they wouldn't be able to get. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, it's, it's really, you know, interesting considering the position that, that the Mariners are in, not just with, the uh, extra slot money, but also, you know, where they kind of are in their rebuild. And, and I'm very interested to see if that does have any sort of effect on what they do in the draft, because, you know, as you said, uh, Jerry hasn't necessarily been the most traditional uh, in his way that he's attacked the draft in the past. And, um, you know, he doesn't just simply go for best player available. You know, it took him until the 11th round last year to pick a uh, high school player. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see on, on, on just how uh, he handles the draft. And also, you know, when will he admit like now's the time let's go all in you know what what will be the sign for him to be like okay we we've hit this certain mark in our rebuild right and um yeah so i think it's i think it's very exciting um to to think about at least you know the the only way that they can go from here is up and the draft is a big part of that and um if it you know, if they're aiming to to get guys that can can help them uh, pretty quickly, or they want to, you know, use some of that use some of that money to get a really nice uh, high school player, then um, I'm excited either way. Um, but you know, I always always like to see how this uh, how plans kind of come together, and uh, this is one that's very complicated to figure out how it'll come together. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see kind of just um, how uh, how he does this and how he approaches the draft, especially. 
Right. And I do feel like uh, when it comes to DePoto, um, his last couple first round picks, um, Evan White and Logan Gilbert, they have been uh, like in, in the pre-draft process, the Mariners were linked to those guys pretty heavily. Um, mm-hmm. And they ended up taking both of them. I, I think that when you start looking at some of the mock drafts from some of the guys who actually know what they're doing, um, you know, your Keith laws and guys like that. I, I think um, the Mariners are pretty transparent with who they want and who they like to target and all that stuff. Um, so while we won't know for sure until they actually make a pick, um, pay attention to those mock drafts and it'll kind of give you an idea of, you know, Hey, they're really scouting this guy heavily or they're talking to, you know, so-and-so about whatever, uh, pay attention to those names early because they do, at least in the last couple of years, they have tended to kind of, uh, you know, been fairly accurate. I remember it was two years ago, uh, the Kyle Lewis draft. I remember the name that they kept getting mocked, that kept getting mocked to them and kept getting mentioned was, uh, was Justin Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Lewis falls to them. They take Lewis, but two years later, guess who's a Seattle Mariner prospect now? Justin Dunn. So pay attention to those things early. I think the Mariners are more one of the more transparent teams. If you see them start getting connected to a lot of high school guys, I think that's legitimate. I think you can, I think you should, you know, consider that a real possibility. Um, but just pay attention because a lot of teams, we're not really sure what they do. Uh, but the Mariners for the last couple of years, at least have been fairly, uh, I don't want to say predictable, but they've been fairly unsurprising with their selection. So, uh, and so the name, the name that, uh, has been thrown around has been Bryson Stott, correct? Yeah, that was baseball America. Their first 2019 mock draft. They put Bryson Stott to the Mariners. Yeah. So, and you know, that's, We'll see if that that kind of continues and see if, you know, uh, once college baseball gets underway, you know, if they uh, it's in a month. Yeah. If they uh, if you know, if we keep hearing that name with the Mariners. Um, so, yeah. So it'll be in, a really interesting build up to that. I um, this is probably one of the more intriguing drafts um, for the Mariners, again, just given where they are right now. Uh, and how they're, you know, starting to to finally piece this uh, farm system together and make it respectable. Exactly. So, uh, so I think uh, you know, I know you have to get going here. So I think we'll wrap up. But um, yeah, some good talk and some and a lot of things to to you know think over for the Mariners. You know, it's been been kind of slow lately as they uh you know they haven't made uh any massive moves as of late you know they had the Corey Guerin and um Tim Beckham deals but uh that's really it um you know and Carnacion could still get dealt um Haniger you know we'll we'll see uh probably not but um but yeah so you know, uh, but that's kind of just how how it's how it's going to be over the next few months as we you know we prepare the next couple of months as we prepare for the season and and uh, start to look forward to uh, to 2019. Yeah, it's going to be a really awesome, uh, really awesome season. Um, you know, it 
it wouldn't kill Jerry to trade Mike Lee. Real fast on that, by the way. Um, I want to say it was Jason Churchill on mm-hmm. Mike Leak. He he had mentioned that Leak is seen as a backup plan for uh, several teams, and that apparently all of these teams, or at least most of these teams, are waiting to see where Dallas Keuchel signs. Um, so I, I still think um, Leak is probably going to get traded. It might not happen until spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once Keuchel signs, you'll start to hear some things. I know San Diego uh, has been mentioned. Uh, also, they were the Gene Segura and Mike Leak deal was leaked. Um, and nothing really ever came of that. Uh, but I, I think San Diego's uh, interested. I think San Francisco would still be interested in Mike Leak. Uh, even though they signed Derek Holland and whatnot, um, the Angels still make sense for Mike Leake. So uh, I, I would say Mike Leake is more than likely getting traded. Um, and that's just, you just have to wait on that one. At least uh, mm-hmm. at least that's the feelings of Jason Churchill. And, you know, he, he's a he's a pretty good source. So uh, I, I feel pretty confident that that's going to be the case. Um, but like you said, we'll see. Um, there's really just not much left for Jerry to do. Um, you know, we talked about what he had left to do last or last uh, podcast and it wasn't anything significant. So we're pretty much in the home stretch now until spring training pitchers and catchers report on what the 10th, I think of February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. And, uh, so- college baseball starts in less than a month. So, uh, ESPN three guys, trust me. Yeah. If you're, if you're <laughs> baseball star, you're baseball starved. You can see some good stuff on, uh, on ESPN three college baseball is fun. So yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm excited uh, for baseball to get started, you know, college spring training and all that. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice to finally have it back. It will. Baseball's so close guys. It's so close. We almost made it. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's it for us. So, um, I'll be, uh, you want to wrap this one up? Sure, guys. Uh, thanks for listening once again. Uh, be sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on, uh, we're on uh, Google Music. We're also on Google Podcasts, which is uh, actually uh, much better than uh, Google Music. I've been getting uh, delays on my, on my account for podcast drops, whereas with the Google Podcast thing, I just get them right away. Um, so that's nice. So be sure to uh, download, subscribe, listen. Um, do you guys have any questions that you want us to answer for future podcasts? Send those our way on Twitter. You can follow us at SotoMojoFS. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, and we're on Instagram. Um, we have a Discord. We'll go ahead and leave a uh, link in the description below to join that. Um, also considering branching out a little bit to Reddit. So if you guys uh, would be interested in that, let us know as well. Um, as always, you can read our great stuff at SotoMojo.com. Uh, you can read Ty's article about uh, what the Mariners need to do or what the Mariners could do in the upcoming draft. We have a Kyle Seeger to the San Diego Padres uh, trade idea slash discussion article up as well. Um, lots of good stuff coming soon. So uh, be sure you guys visit the website, sotomojo.com. So from all of us here at sotomojo.com, uh, this is Colby Patton signing off, and I will see you guys in another life. Peace. Peace.